Hello, my name is Fergal O'Keefe and you're very welcome to the Galway City Your Council podcast series where we will share insights on the range of services, projects and people in the Galway City local authority area. Galway City Council provide a diverse range of services including beach maintenance, dog pounds, health promotion, strategic planning, tourism promotion and housing supply. This series will introduce you to some of the people delivering those services and the valuable work they do every day in Galway City. For more information on Galway City Council, please go to our website www.galwaycity.ie. I'm delighted to say our guest this week is Helen Kilroy, who is the Head of Finance and Director of Services for ICT. Helen is a Chartered Accountant who's worked in private practice in a number of senior roles, including EY, Delight and BDO, before joining the local authority sector. In her current role, Helen oversees a team of 47 across finance, debt management, procurement, internal audit and ICD. Helen is responsible for the council budget of £115 per annum. Helen talks to me on the podcast about her interesting journey from studying physics in Oxford to studying accountancy. And she shares details of the work of the finance team, including outlining where the funding comes from and where it's spent. Helen, great to see you. Thanks very much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks very much. So you're a head of finance with the Galway City Council. I am, yeah. But I'd be interested to know, like, how how did you get to become head of finance of Galway City Council? How long have you been there? I joined May last year, so so almost a year and a half now. And where are you originally from? I detect a little accent. Where are you originally from? Yeah, I'm, I'm originally from Belfast. Um, I'm, I'm long gone at this stage. I, I left there at, at the, the age of 18. Um, I started my accountancy training in, in Dublin um, in, in a accountancy firm called BDO. Um, and I've just worked my, my way around a few different big four firms. I was in Australia working over there for a while, predominantly across various um, audit teams um, and then in, in outsourced finance. And when the job was advertised um, early last year, I, I just thought it'd be a very different kind of challenge. I, I had some uh, a different number of, of um, public sector clients over the years, um, and I always thought they posed a very different challenge to my normal commercial clients. Um, and also it's the fact that you're 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 doing something good um with with your work as well you know i love the fact that when i'm you know maybe working in finance but what i'm doing is contributing to to the betterment of of Galway city the the city where i'm raising my my two small children how did you get into accountancy did you all like were you always studying accountancy or what got you into accountancy well i actually have a degree in physics um so there was a bit of a little bit of a jump um from physics to accountancy um but I suppose as I always tell people that the skills are quite similar you know you're you're analyzing data and and kind of making decisions based on on the data and figures in in front of you so um relatively similar similar skill sets if not very different um fields of study yeah and you studied in Oxford I did yes I I studied in in the University of Oxford yeah it was it's very different. It was certainly, I mean, moving to England at the age of 18 and, you know, certainly gained a lot of life skills in doing that. Um, mm. So I'd, I'd certainly recommend it to students out there um, to, to go away for a while and some at some point of your your degree or, or early training, because it really does um, broaden your horizons. Oh, was Oxford great? Did you love Oxford? Did you? Yeah, well, it was very different. Now, I have to say it's very, I'd say it's very um I probably wasn't geeky enough, to be honest, <laughs> for Oxford. 
Is it really? You, really? Yeah. yeah, especially when you're in something so technical as physics, you know, mm. uh, science, you know, it's very heavy. I mean, you're, 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 you know, alongside people who read physics textbooks at bedtime, you know, so it's wow. people who kind of, you know, it's really for the people who eat, breathe and sleep yeah. their, their, well, their topic. Generally, what's the atmosphere like in the college? It's lovely. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's got great facilities in terms of, you know, I played loads of sport, you know, it's a night you're, you're split between lots of small colleges. Um, oh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a nice collegiate feel. You're in a small college, you get to know everybody. So you're not in a, you don't feel like you're in a big, large university. You feel like you're in a small community where you have lots of friends and you know, lots of people. Um so, uh, so I I loved it for that the the community feeling and and as I said the the, the sports the various sports and offer that you get to play. Yeah, it's interesting that you went into physics rather than accountancy in college. I guess the the one thing that I decided to stick, even though I I had a feeling I was going to do accountancy at the end of it, but I thought if I if I do a great degree in accountancy then I have to stick with accountancy. Whereas if I do a degree yeah. in something else, I can change to accountancy because you do your professional exams after um, after your degree um, in a training firm. Mm. So um, that's why I thought I would try the physics and give it a go. And um, yeah. uh, if all else fails, can revert back to the accountancy. So totally. um, as I said, I think it's a very broad, broad career prospects out there. You can, I could, have a job in Australia, in America, in Canada, wherever I wanted, I could, you know, go and find an accountancy job. And you worked in Australia for a few years, did you? Yeah, I lived in Melbourne for four years. Um, did you love that? Yeah, it was fabulous. A lovely city. Um, uh, one of the top cities, they they say it's one of the top cities to live in in the world, uh, no more so than Galway. So, uh, you know, it's it, and it's got a lot of the same the same feeling feels, I think, as Galway. You know, it's got the real cafe culture, you know, sitting outside kind of cafes and you know, it's a lovely promenade by the sea and lots of cultural activities there as well. Lots of arts and culture. So, uh, yeah. So for me, I, I loved it. It's just uh, very far away from home. That's what yeah. brought me back. And when you went into the Goa City Council, is working in finance like it's a it's so broad, isn't it? I would guess compared to maybe working, in, you know, in the private sector, the areas that you cover, it's a huge amount yeah. of areas, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, the organisation itself covers such a broad remit versus a, a private company that maybe you know just it manufactures a, a specific type of product. So it's it's um it's very different, and it it took time to get up to speed with the different directorates and what everybody does and how it all comes together um as a strategy um for the organization um so that that certainly took time and um finance itself um is is broad as well because i suppose we're we're trying to secure the the kind of financial probity of the organization because we're we're managing public funds so we're trying to um we're trying to make sure that we've got, um, uh, you know, we're, we're utilizing our limited budgets in in a effective manner, um, and also we have to provide fa- value for money for the taxpayer too. So I suppose on a day to day across finance, we're managing the full um, purchase to pay process and the payroll process, and we're also responsible for for maximizing the income collection for the council too. Where would that come? So income collection, what? What is the it, commercial rates? I presume is that the yeah where um, what percentage of your income will be that? So we have an overall budget of one hundred and thirteen million for twenty twenty three. Um, 
there's four key sources of income feed into that 113 million. There's commercial rates, which makes up about uh, 34% of the budget. Um, there's local property tax um, that all the householders in Galway City pay. That's about 4%. Um, there's local goods and services. So that's housing, rent, um, parking. Um, they're the, the main the main ones. Uh, and then there's grants from central government um, make up the remainder. And these are generally specific purpose to, to fund um, national policy decisions. Again, sort of like big capital projects and things big, like that. Yeah, big capital projects or, or kind of, um, you know, specific policy things that they want to roll out across uh, across um, the country. And, you know, for rates, that, that's commercial rates, isn't it then? So that's yes, just for businesses. Yes. So rates um, are levied on commercial properties. Um, generally, it's the, it's the occupier of the, the commercial property that it's it's levied on. Um, they, uh, and I guess it's a very timely question, actually, because a lot of our ratepayers in Galway may have heard about the revaluation that's ongoing. So I can I can explain that as well. But mm. firstly, just on, on how rates work and how they're calculated. Um, Tolcha Erin, um, it's an independent state agency. Um, people might be more familiar. Its former name was the Valuation Office. They carry out an independent valuation of the property. And then each year at the budget meeting, the level of rates known as the annual rate on valuation is determined by the elected members. And then the commercial rates bill that goes out to the properties is calculated by applying that ARV, annual rate on valuation, to the valuation from, from Tolcha Erin. So if you had a property and the valuation on it was €100, Euro, our current ARV in Galway City is 674 so you apply that to your €100 Euro and your rates liability is 6740 for the year. The ARV, that, that has been the same since 2016, hasn't it? That hasn't changed since 2016. Um, and when it changed in 2016, I, I think it just restored a previous decrease during the downturn. So in effect, our, our income hasn't increased in, in, the, in all that time. How often are the buildings valued? And you said, is there is, is a revaluation done every number of years or how does that so work? The, this is the first revaluation for Galway City since 1988. Um, it's come about because of new legislation that was passed in the Dáil. Um, so it's not just Galway City. At the moment, it's all the counties along the western seaboard are going through the revaluation. And we're the last group to go through it. The others were done uh, across 2017 and 2019, but ours was stalled due to COVID. It's revenue neutral. So this isn't a way of Galway City Council trying to go out and, and get more income in. This is just to redistribute the, the rates more fairly across the businesses in Galway. I guess some will go up, some will go down, um, some will, might stay the same, but ultimately it's it's a redistribution of that 39 million that's that's in our in our budget. So with the example I gave earlier of the, the 100 euro, your valuation now might be 30,000 euro or 35,000 euro instead of 100 euro to make it more in line with current uh, rental rates on, on commercial properties. And then there'll be a very different ARV calculated. Um, it'll be more like, point two to bring bring your valuation back um so as i said some people's will will go up and 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 some businesses will see a decrease 
And if a business um, thinks their valuation is wrong, they can, is that going on at the moment? They can appeal it, I presume. Yes, the, the final valuation certs um, are, are due out um, on the 15th of September. Um, and businesses, when they receive them, have a right to appeal to the valua- valuation tribunal uh, so that they, they'll receive um, information with their certs from, from Tolcha Erin. Um, they'll receive all the information they need to go back uh, and appeal that to Tolcha Erin and, and the, the valuation tribunal. And the one thing I'd say about rates, actually, is for me, rates are the perfect advertisement of why we should shop locally. Um, because if you want more services delivered in your city, you want cleaner streets, um, public lighting, housing, maintenance of parks and open spaces um, and all other kinds of um, economic supports across culture, arts, sports and, and community. Um, that all comes that all is paid for by by the rates that comes in every year um, and, and other locally generated income. Um, so for me. Uh, that's that's a big advertisement in, in encouraging people to to shop locally where they live. It goes towards the, the you know maintenance of the roads, maintenance of your local park, your playground, you know the 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 street cleaning, the litter campaigns, housing maintenance. It goes towards goes towards all those local services that we provide. And do the percentages stay the same generally? Like uh, you know, like like rates is thirty four percent, and or does it vary? Broadly, it stays the same. There can be the odd, um, the odd one-off. Um, I mean, obviously during COVID, we received um, you know, a lot of waivers to cut to cover the rates um for the businesses that were closed. Um, so that obviously distorted the the, the rates versus the grants. But um, uh, generally speaking, it's it's broadly um uh, the same. When is the busiest time of year in your job? I'd probably say there's not really a quiet time of year in finance, um, but that's true in every finance finance job, really. Um, I mean, we're we're um, you know engaging with over three thousand seven hundred uh, rates customers and three thousand rent customers, and and we're paying our suppliers fortnightly, and um, you know often there's there's an excess of five hundred invoices to be processed in a payment run. Um, and then on top of that, paying, making sure our staff are paid on time and accurately every fortnight. Um, so on a day to day, it is it is a busy, hardworking team. Um, the two peaks and troughs probably uh, the two peaks, sorry, probably um, coincide with the two statutory um, obligations we have in finance in terms of the first one is delivering the annual budget. Um, which um, usually the budget meeting is in November. Um, so kind of from from early September to that date, we're usually pretty busy um, engaging and negotiating with the different directorates as to how we'll we'll allocate the the hundred thirteen million across the organisation. Um, and then once that's done in the new year, we're we're back into preparing the annual financial statements, uh, and we usually have that draft out by the end of March. You know, when people think about your department, I suppose it's, you know, we're talking about the money that comes in, but also, you know, like you give grants for different sectors, like, you know, just say for for, for tourism and, and festivals and things like that as well, don't you? That's also part of your department. Um, the I suppose the grants are usually allocated under each directorate that that they come from. So they'll be th- those will be administered by, say, community or um, and they'll have schemes in place. 
that um, allows people to apply for the grant and they'll have a process then of, of analysing and evaluating them all and, and marking them all. And then um, once they've gone through an evaluation committee and get approval, they, they'll give those to finance to pay out. Two other things that I want to ask you about. The first is what is a shared service? A shared service is, is uh, by definition, is something where a, a group of organisations come come together and, and work together on, on delivering um, something that's common to each of them. Um, and that works in a local authority because we're all delivering, um, you know, broadly speaking across the country, we're all delivering the, the same services. So it works at the moment in, in Galway um, with Galway County as our nearest neighbour in terms of a local authority. We have a shared service with the fire service and library service. Um, so that's where we agree um, who's going to deliver what and what what payments um, are required then to, to I suppose, to, to help the, the other county deliver that service. So at the moment, Galway County delivers the fire and library service on our behalf, and we have an arrangement in place with them as to how, um, how, how it will be delivered. From a finance perspective, Across the country, there's some services are, are shared. For instance, the, the HAP payments, the housing assistance payments work on a shared service basis where it's all administered through one council in, in Limerick and all the local authorities pay pay them and, and the payments are, are then sent out by Limerick to the landlords. And the other one is the MyCoCo platform. So my Coco is uh, it's a new initiative. It's it's uh, we've only gone live in Galway less than a month with it. Um, so it's a new online platform to make payments to Galway City Council. We've currently rolled it out for rent rates and loan customers, and it'll soon be live for development contributions and traffic fines. And it allows customers to pay online. Um, it's very mobile friendly, so you don't need to use a laptop. Um, you're given a secure login and then you'll uh, get an email receipt. But it allows you to go in at any time and access your invoices and statements and, and um, uh, for, for your account. You said there like you've been there for a year and you worked in the private sector for many years before that. Mm -hmm. Like, how is it different how, since uh, you've had a year to settle <laughs> in? How do you find it? Yeah, I mean, um, as I said earlier, it's a very different challenge. Um um, you know the the private sector is is very focused on on kind of driving margin and profit based. Um, whereas from a finance perspective, we're focused on trying to balance budgets and and making sure that um, we've got good governance procedures in place and that we've, we're ensuring value for money and we've we've kind of business cases for for new expenditure in place. So it's a very different. Um, way of operating, um, very different set of challenges. I suppose for me, a key difference is you're working with teams of people across an organization who are genuinely passionate about what they do and about making Galway a better place. Yes, I think you're right. When you're in the private sector, you're thinking it's really you're working for the company mm. as opposed for yourself. Yes. There are the two things. But when you're something like this, it's different because you're you're also I'd say you're aware all the time of you're working for the public. That's a yes. third party, isn't it? Yes, yeah, that's it. We I mean, we really have to be accountable for everything that that we do in in the council, um, and and as, so you always have that accountability in the back of your mind when when you're making decisions. But what would you say to people like if who you know say working one doing accountancy and two in say Galway City Council? What advice would you give to people or to to encourage people to do that? Yeah, I'd love to see um more people 
from the private sector coming into local authorities across the board of finance, yes, but across every aspect of the organisation. From my perspective, it's a very broad um, remit uh, between kind of driving change, um, you know, making sure there's good governance procedures in place, you're balancing budgets, and then you're also looking, you know, looking to source funding for for new large scale infrastructure projects. Um, you know, you're you're dealing with councillors and, and listening to their needs and, and what they would like to see delivered in the community and, and trying to find funding for that. But ultimately, it, it also offers a really great work-life balance as well. Over the last few years, I think people have come to realise and appreciate more, didn't they, during the Yeah, the exactly. COVID I think it's happened. become a very valuable um, part of, of, of a job. And, and I think, you know, working in a local authority really, really allows that. And just the last question I ask everybody is a personal one. It's basically, you know, what is there something from your own point of view that's unique or special about Galway? For me, uh, I suppose I moved here eight years ago uh, and what drew me to the place was um, just the unique blend that it has of of business, culture, the seaside. Um, you know, there's, there's there's nowhere better on a sunny day than than you know a nice stroll down down Salt Hill Prom, um, you know, or or going out for dinner in a nice evening in 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 town. Um, so it, for me, it's just that 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 blend of of everything that it offers. Um, you know, it's it's got um everything you want from a city, but it but it has a nice small um familiar feeling. Thank you for listening and we look forward to sharing some more great interviews every Tuesday. Please subscribe or follow wherever you listen to your podcasts and you'll be the first to hear new episodes every Tuesday. You are listening to the Galway City Your Council podcast.